about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, thank you guys for coming out tonight to uh, hear me tonight. Um, I never take for granted being asked to speak or teach or preach, even when I'm up front with the kids every week. Um, I always take it very seriously. And for a long time, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to speak. I didn't want to be with the kid, nothing. Um, I want to help out. Reason being is because I was scared. I was scared to do it. And even though from probably, I don't know, maybe the first few months that we were here, every time somebody would get up and, and preach or speak other than Pastor Tom, um, something inside of me would do like flips, like flip-flops. And then I didn't know what it was, um, especially if women got up. You know, there were many different women that used to get up and speak that used to come. Um, and when they would get up, it was like, not like something was jumping out of my chest, but I just knew like there was something going on. And I'm like, you know, whatever. I would just ignore it, push it down. Um, I even, I always told myself, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to get up there and do that. That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, you know, I always like to talk, but never really in front of people. So I'm like, one-on-one, -on -one, we're good. In front of people, forget it. Um, but I always felt like there was something there. And why uh, did I feel that way? Because early on in coming here and getting a deeper relationship with God and getting to know him and really taking the time to get to know who he was for me, instead of doing it for my, my mom or just because we had to go to church or whatever, doing it for me, I came across a scripture um, in James 3.1. Um, and I'm going to read the Amplified. It says, not many of you should become teachers serving in an official capacity, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who are teachers will be judged by a higher standard because we have assumed a greater accountability and more condemnation if we teach incorrectly. So that really stuck with me. And I'm like, well, forget that. I'm definitely not going to do that. I don't, I don't want any of that. Why are we held to a higher accountability and judged by a higher standard? Because for a lot of people, we might be the only people that ever hear the Bible or ever hear the word preached. Some people are never going to open the Bible. They're never going to read it for themselves. And if you're preaching it or teaching it incorrectly, it can lead people down the wrong path or even away from God. So I'm like, I'm not doing that. That scared me. To, I'm like, forget it. That right there, I'm good. I'm like, I've got enough things for God to judge me about. I don't need to tack one extra and be held higher. I, yeah, forget that. I'm not doing it. But clearly, God had other plans that I didn't know about. So all the while, I'm still having this thing inside of me draw on me. Every time my girls at the time, because um, we've been here since they were, I think Mackenzie had just turned two. 
So this Christmas would make 13 years that we've been here. Anyway, so um, back then, I would see my kids go back to kids' church with Chrissy, and I would feel this, like, drawing. Like, I was supposed to go back there with them. But I just chalked it up to, I'm a helicopter mom, so I just, I'm supposed to be back there because of my kids, to protect my kids, or obligation, they're my kid, whatever. That's what I chalked it up to. Never that I was supposed to be back there. So... And the Holy Spirit was preparing me. That was what he was doing to prepare me to get ready to do what he wanted me to do. I just didn't realize that. So, you know, in talking to Chrissy and, you know, back and forth, the day comes to where now I'm helping out with kids' church, but I'm in with the toddlers. I'm in with my kids' age group. So, you know, and I'm back there with them. I'm, I'm reading Bible stories and we're coloring papers and, you know, nothing nothing too crazy, no lessons to be taught or planned or, or anything like that, um, no major pressures. In my mind, myself, I just told myself, I'm just babysitting them because that's what I'd done my whole life. I'd always babysat kids. So to me, no big deal. I'm just babysitting. It's fine. However, before each lesson, I was reading and I was studying it and I was learning the Bible stories that I was going to be teaching them even though I already knew them from growing up. It was just a refresher. But anyway, that was still just me in my own mind. I'm just babysitting. It's fine. Again, the Lord was preparing me for what was to come. So now, I don't know, probably six or eight months later, VBS comes around. And uh, Chrissy asked me <laughs> um, if I wanted to teach the lesson for that week. And... I'm like, uh, yeah, hard pass. I'm definitely not doing that. That I'm so good. And she's like, because again, James 3, 1 came to my head. And I'm like, nope, not doing it. I'm not being held to that higher standard. I'm good on that. So, um, because now, me doing that, this was more than just Bible stories. This was more than just coloring pictures or drawing or playing with them. This was seeds that were going to be planted that if I taught the wrong thing, this could lead them down a different path, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm good. So I start throwing out all these different, all my fears to Chrissy in the form of what ifs, you know, what if I teach the wrong way? What if I say the wrong thing? What if they have questions and I don't have answers to them? So her response to me was, well, there's a book with the lesson plan in it the whole week, you know, just read it and study it and you'll be fine. Everything will be okay. So again, I said to her, well, what if they have questions that aren't in the book and the answers aren't in that book? Well, what then? To which she responded with, well, then you just say, well, I don't know, but I'll find out for you and I'll let you know. So for me in that moment, that was like a huge weight, a huge pressure taken off of me because I'm like, I don't need to know everything. That's fantastic. It's okay for me to say, I don't know. Okay, good. So then I just kind of was like, all right, um, I just had to be willing and I had to be a willing vessel for God to do what he wanted to do through me. So reluctantly, I agreed to do it. Now comes the day, and this was a few months, pro probably, no, maybe a month, month or so before BBS actually started. So she gives me the book. I'm home. I'm studying it. I feel pretty confident in what I'm studying. Now, God forbid anybody asks me any questions outside of that, and you're getting for sure, I don't know, go talk to Chrissy. I don't know. So now the day comes. It's that Monday. We get to church. We get here, and 
I go to the classroom and I'm trying to set up and everything and I go to look for my book and I don't have it. I left my book at home, which oddly enough I almost did tonight as well. So that would have been par for the course. <laughs> We're getting in the truck and I'm like, oh no, I don't have my plans. I gotta run back inside. Anyway, so we, I, the day comes and I'm supposed to teach. And I'm like, I don't have my book. When I tell you, panic sets in and I'm like, Girls, let's go. We're packing up. We're going home. We're, I'm not staying here. I go to Christy, and I'm like, I can't do it. I don't have the book. There's nothing I can do. I have no idea what I'm supposed to teach for the day. I'm out. So she's like, no, you're, it's going to be okay. She has a master book. She reminds me what the day, um, the lesson for that day was. It doesn't give you exact spe specifics. It just tells you what the plan for that day is, like the idea, the lesson. She's like, you're going to be fine you know this. So again, James 3, 1 comes to my head. You're going to be judged more. So I go to Christy. I'm like, I really can't do it. And without skipping a beat in her ever so loving and caring and, and patient and calm way, she says to me, it's going to be okay. You're going to do great. It's going to be fine. She said, the kids don't know what was in that book, but you do. And God does. Just trust in God, and he will not let you down. So again, I'm like, oh, dear God, am I really going to do this? I don't know if I can do that. You know, like, all this stuff's going on in my head. So again, I reluctantly agreed, and it was great. It turned out great. I stood there, and I talked, and the more I opened my mouth and talked, the more stuff came out, and even I was astonished with myself because I had no idea that all this stuff was inside of me. So, and it was so great because I put aside all my fears. I swallowed my pride of the what if I fail? What if I mess up? What if they don't like the way I teach? What if I say the wrong thing? All of my own junk, I put all that aside and I trusted God and I said, okay, if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to do it. I was a willing vessel for him. And I said, okay, I'll do it. So about five, six years go by and all the while I'm under Chrissy and everything's going great. My relationship with the Lord is growing and um, getting more revelation and everything's going, going good. Well, then um, Chrissy is going to be stepping down as kids pastor. And never had it dawned on me or had the thought even crossed my mind to even step into that role. Um, I never wanted a title. I never wanted to be anybody seen. I was just happy being with the kids, playing with them, teaching them lessons. You know, with kids, you can be free to just be you, and kids aren't going to judge you like adults are going to judge you. You know, there's just a freedom that comes with that, and I was fine with that. Chrissy was my covering. So, and I enjoyed it. My my thought the whole time was, well, I wonder who's going to be kids faster. I hope they're good. I hope me and this person get along great. You know, I don't, you know, I can be very black and white sometimes. So I hope the person that I'm with, you know, hope we, we mesh well, because Christy and I meshed very well together for many years. So again, not me. This is supposed to be somebody else. So months go by and still no one is, is stepping up to take that position. Now, uh, Tasha, Pastor Latasha, comes to me and says, you need to do it. And I'm like, uh, nope, not happening. 
not for me. That's somebody else. And she says, yes, it's you. She said, why do you think no one else has stepped into that role? You know, because it had been a few months, I want to say maybe four months, five months, of just different people coming in and helping out and uh, being on rotation and things like that. And she said, God's leaving that position open for you. I said, no, not definitely not. And she's like, yeah, and PT wants to meet with you. <laughs> I'm like, um, what? Now panic is really starting to set in. I'm like, uh, what do you mean? What am I going to say? What's he going to say? How is this going to go? Oh, no, I'm done. We're leaving the church. We're never coming back. We're done with TCBC. I'm not going to see anybody. We're finding a different church. Not happening. So looking back now, I know that that was fear of rejection, fear um, of failure, all different schemes that the enemy uses to get us to get off of what God's plan is for our life. I didn't know that then. I was so worried about me and what I was going to look like. So, and I wonder how many times we've allowed that to happen in our own lives. We've allowed the enemy to come in and fill our heads with all this junk and gets us off of what he's called us to do. So after I was done with all that in my, in my head, after I was done um, panicking, um, God says to me, are you done? And I'm like, yeah. He says, it's time. And I'm like, mm, nope, mm -mm, no. See, I like to argue back and forth with God. You know, in my own mind, I'm thinking I'm going to win. I never do. But in my, you know, immaturity, I'm like, God, you can, somebody else. But he said, no, it's time. So then like all the other times, James 3, 1 comes back into my head again. But this time it was different. It sounded different. And I recognized that it wasn't my daddy's voice who was saying it. It was the devil's voice. And then God showed me that all those times in the past, it wasn't my daddy's voice who was saying that to me. It was the devil. He was the one that was bringing that up. He was the one that was continually trying to stop God's plan for my life. I just didn't know it in that moment. I wasn't mature enough. I was still questioning, well, is that God or is that me or is that the devil or is that my own insecurities? I didn't know the difference. Because who knows that the devil knows the word of God too. And if you don't know the sound of your daddy's voice, he can use the word of God against you to keep you off of what God wants to do for you in your life. That's why it's so important to know who God is for you and to have that relationship for him. So when that stuff is being thrown at you, you can say, no, I know that's not my daddy. That's somebody else. And I'm not listening to that voice because that's a lie. So after God had showed me all that, he said again, Bethany, it's time. And I said, I'm like, but I can't do this on my own. How am I supposed to do this? You know, I've never done this. How can I do it? And he, smile, he smiled at me and he said, I know. He said, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to do it on your own. If you could, what would you need me for? You're supposed to lean on me and only me because I'm the one who's going to help you step by step. I'm the one that's going to lead you down that path. If you could do it on your own, what's the point of me? He said, have I, have I ever left you alone? And I said, no. And he said, have I ever not been there when you've called on me? And I said, no. And he said, then why would you think this time would be any different? He said, where I'm taking you, you're not going to be able to stand on your own two feet. 
You're going to have to lean and rely on me. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. He said, but don't be scared because I will be there carrying you every step of the way. Don't be scared. So, and it was in that moment that I knew that I knew that I knew that that's what I was supposed to be doing. So I, I was done arguing with God. And along with him telling me all that stuff in my, in my quiet time, he had been confirming everything he was saying to me by different worship music that was playing in the background about going into the deep and having to trust and rely on him by um, him never failing, him never letting me go, him never leaving me, like all these different worship songs. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm going to do it. Um, whatever you want, I'll do it. And I knew that it was God. So now my next hurdle that I had to do, that I had to jump through, was I had to tell my husband. And in that time, he and I were in very different places with the Lord. And my fear was that it was going to bring he and I further apart, that we were going to, it was going to cause separation between us, and that he was going to get resentment towards me for going differently than what he thought it should be or what our life should look like or whatever the case may be. It was all these different things that were coming up in me. But who knows that God will never have you do something that's going to cause separation between you and your husband. It goes against who he is. So I go to tell AJ everything that God says to me. And he looks at me and he says, okay. And I looked at him and I'm like, uh... Like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. <clears throat> and I'm like, really? Are you really okay with this? Is this, are you really fine with this? Like, this is what God said. Like, this could be a major thing. You know, it could take time away from us or away from the family or whatever it may be. Like, I'm throwing out all these different things for him to, almost to try to get him to say no. So I could be like, well, my husband says no. We can't be unequally yoked. I can't do, you know, all these other excuses that us wives like to try to say. So he's just like, okay. And I'm like, really? Like, you're really okay with this? And he's like... I learned a long time ago never to go against what God's saying. If God says that's what is going to happen, then that's what's going to happen. And I'm not going to fight him on it. So I said, all right. So then I, um, because what I didn't know was happening in him was that God was working on him. The whole time he was working on me and preparing me for what he wanted me to do, he was also working on him and preparing him for things. But I didn't see that. I didn't know all that stuff was going on. Um, because we all have our own walks. We all have our own walks with God, whether we're married or not. And it doesn't always look the same. A lot of times it looks very different from my experience. And I had to learn that I have my walk with God and he has his walk with God. And you know, at some point, God's going to bring us together, and we'll do what we're supposed to do together, but at that moment, I had to do what God was calling me to do. So, now comes the meeting with PT, and we're talking very nonchalantly, you know, nothing crazy, nothing major, and then he hits me with, so why do you want to be the kids leader? Is it because you see that we have a spot that needs to be filled? Do you think that we just need somebody to step in there? Are you trying to just fill a need? Why do you feel like you want to be kids leader? And I sat there for a minute with all this stuff going through my head of why I can't do it, why I shouldn't do it, you know, all this craziness that's in my head. 
And then I heard my daddy's voice come through again. And he said, it's time. So I said to him, I said, it's because I want these kids to know the love of the father for themselves. I want these kids to know that they know that God is always for them and he is never against them, no matter what anybody tells them or what they might be thinking or how they might be feeling, God is always for them. And I want, those, I want these kids to be able to grow up not having to deal with all the junk that all of us adults in this room have had to go through. If I can get them to not have to deal with that or give them the tools to be able to overcome it or walk through it so that they don't have to deal with any of the baggage, that's what I want for them. And I said I want them to know that there's nothing they can ever do or say that would stop the Father's love for them. And if I could get even one child to grasp onto that concept, that thought, that reality, then it was worth it for me. So PT looks at me and he says, okay. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. Like, that's all you got? I'm like, I just, in my head, I'm like, I just poured my heart out to you and I get okay? Shouldn't I get something else? What the heck? Now, if anybody has ever talked seriously about any type of a serious conversation with Pastor Tom, you'll know he does not give you social cues. You get a straight face. He, you're not going to be able to, because you're looking at him and you're like, is that good? Is that not? Am I good? Like, what am I, do I need to improve? What am I supposed to do? You get nothing. And I'm like, well, it is what it is. I can't do anything else. I said what I got to say and that's it, you know. So he says, okay, I'll be in touch. So then later that day, or it might have even been the next day, he calls me and he says, okay, so God's put this call on your life, and I can see it in you, in your eyes when you talk, position yours. So then in that moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really going to happen. <laughs> Holy smokes. You know, and then in the, for the first time, once it actually started to set in, I'm like, oh my gosh, like the sun was brighter, the trees were more vibrant, everything just seemed so clear in that moment. I'm, it was like, oh, you know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is good, this is good. You know, and, and I hadn't felt that way or seen that in a long time, you know, like, so... And it was because I was being a willing vessel for God. Like I was finally starting to step into what he was calling me to do. I was stepping into my, my purpose that he wanted. And, and that's what he wants for all of us. You know, he wants all of us to be a willing vessel for him to use. And he's not asking for us to be perfect or to clean ourselves up beforehand. Because believe me, I was far from perfect. I had not arrived. I still haven't arrived. There were so many things that were going on in my life and in my marriage that I'm like, really, God, like, you don't see what's going on? Like, this is crazy town over here sometimes. I'm like, if this, people had cameras on here, like, we'd all be going away. This is not okay. Like, we need some work. Um, but God saw through all that. He saw who he created me to be. And he knew that if I would just yield to what he wanted for me and for my life, all that stuff would go away. All that stuff through his help would get pushed away, overcome, and none of that junk would matter anymore. He just wants us to be a yes to him. He just wants our yes to be obedient to what he wants to do in our lives. 
and it's always for our benefit. You know, he never asks us to do anything or give something up that's going to cause destruction in our lives. You know, and I'm not going to say that it was always enjoyable. I call it cleansings, getting burnt up, you know, all this stuff getting burnt out of you. It's not always fun and it's not always enjoyable, but it's always for our benefit. You know, because let's face it, it's not fun being told who you are, but it's not fun being told about yourself, no matter who it's coming from. You know, when someone says something about you, you instantly want to put up your guard and say, well, that's not true. I'm not that way. How could you say that? What about that other person? How come they're living this way and you're not messing with them? You're not telling them that they can't live that way. And God says, because I'm calling you to something different. I'm telling you, you have a different path than that person. You've never walked in their shoes, so you don't know what they're going through. It may look like something on the outside, but on the inside, they could be dying, and you don't know that. I'm calling you to something. I'm telling you that this is not okay. If it's okay for them, then it's okay for them. That's not for you to worry about. And the momentary pain that we feel while the stuff is being burned up is just us fighting to try to hold on to this stuff that we've had our whole lives. You know, a lot of times it's stripping away these identities that we've put on ourselves of who we think we are or who we think we're supposed to be because somebody said this or the world has said this. So we have all this stuff on us that was never meant for us. It's all junk that we need to get rid of. You know, it's the ideas or ideals that we've all grown up with that God never intended for any of us. And in order for God to be able to use us the way he wants to use us, we got to get rid of all that junk. He's got to clean us out so that way he can fill us up with who he says we are. We can't hold on to any of that junk because it only hurts us in the long run. But I will tell you that every time I did have a, a cleansing, um, every time I came out on the other side of it, I was grateful because I could see where these things were holding me back or where they were hindering me from doing what God was wanting me to do. Every hurdle I jumped over, I would look back and I'm like, man, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was. Why was I even holding on to any of that stuff? You know, like that's garbage. What was I even thinking? But when you're going through it, you're not thinking it. You're thinking, oh my God, why are you doing this? Can't you just put the band-aid back on? Can't we just worry about this later? I don't want to do this anymore. You know, and God says, no, it's time. You can do it. You can overcome this. Let's do this together. Get rid of all this. You want this over here? Well, you've got to walk through this over here sometimes. But it's always for our benefit. You know, and when that happens, you get such a freedom. There's such freedom that comes out of when you're getting rid of all that junk because you're like, oh, my gosh, that wasn't for me. You know, and you feel free and, and like, unstoppable, and you want to tell everybody about it. You know, and sometimes people might look at you crazy because I've done that. You know, like, oh, my God, I got delivered from this or I got delivered from that. And they're looking at me like, delivered? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like, how do you get, like, I got delivered from being gluten intolerant probably about a year ago now. And when I tell people about it, they're like, delivered from that? That's food. You can't be delivered from that. And I'm like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. So, um, but you're excited and you want to tell people because you want people free. You know, like you want people to walk in freedom. That's right. Amen. So, and the more free you get, the more God begins to show you who he created you to be. And 
the more you, you see who you were created to be, the less the words of other people have an effect on you because you know what your daddy says about you. You know who your daddy says you are and all that stuff doesn't matter. They can say stuff to you and you're like, I don't care. That's not who God says I am. I'm sorry that you feel that way, but that's not the truth and that's not the reality. And if you feel that way, then you should go to God with that. You know, like I can't help you with that. I'm doing what my daddy told me to do and I love you and I'll pray for you, but that's not the reality. That's not the truth. Um, so I ask you today, what has God been impressing upon you? What has been stirring in you that you've been pushing down and telling yourself that it's something other than what it is? What is God calling you to? What is God telling you it's time for? Whatever it is, do it. Don't wait. Don't make excuses. Take that leap of faith. Jump. Do whatever it is he's telling you to do. Because God will be there every single time. He will be there. He will carry you every step of the way if you allow him to. Take that step. You know what it is. Don't let another year go by where you're sitting there telling yourself, man, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but didn't. You know, this is the beginning of 2024. Let this be your year to ignite the fire in your relationship with the Father. Don't make a New Year's resolution about it because we all know that when you make a New Year's resolution, life gets in the way, things happen, whatever, life happens, and by March, we're done. We're not doing it anymore. I mean, that's just reality. Let's be real. I've never, since I'm there, that my kid's age, I've always thought that was the dumbest thing. I'm like, why? People never hold on to it. So don't do it. But make a daily commitment to yourself and to God that you're going to live every day for him. <clears throat> Whatever it may look like for you in your life. You know, maybe it's, reading a few scriptures during your lunch hour, your lunch break, instead of scrolling on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram. You know, maybe it's um, listening to a teaching on your way to work or on your way home, whatever it is. You know, carve out that time for God. What, even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, God will be there every single time. He will honor that time and he will meet you every single time. He will not leave you there, I promise you. You know, and don't, I'm a planner, so I like to try to look in advance and plan my days and all that stuff, but don't do that when it comes to this. Don't say, okay, well, you know, on these days, I'm going to do these time slots, and on this day, because then it gets overwhelming, and then you're th it becomes daunting, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't, I've got so much stuff to do on this day, and that day, and this day, and I'm never going to do it. Just every day, make it a daily commitment. I'm going to wake up today for you, Father. I'm going to do what I need to do to spend time with you today daddy. Um, you know, and it's a, it's a shift in the mindset. If you years, it's been a few years now, I would say, but, um, my husband always liked the bed made. I always thought it was the stupidest thing. My mom always liked it. I fought her on it. I'm like, that's a stupid thing. You're going to get right back into it. Why make the bed? It's dumb. What, my mom, even when she was alive and she would come over to be with the kids, she'd go in my room and she'd make the bed because she hated it. And I'm like, mommy, that's stupid. Whatever. So a few years ago, I read something that said, if you start out by doing something one day at a time, eventually it turns into a habit and then you'll do it forever. Okay. So I started doing it. I started making the bed every single day. 
And now it's been a few years, and now it's to the point where if it's not made, I get annoyed with myself. And I'm like, oh, this looks like trash. Who lives here? You know, and I go and I make the bed. But if you do that, if you make that commitment to yourself, and you just say, today I'm going to wake up and I'm going to live my life today for you, God, whatever that looks like. You show me my opportunities. You show me how I can do things, my interactions with people. If you have a word that you want me to give to somebody, I'm going to do it. He just wants us to be that yes. He wants us to be that vessel. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what junk you got going on in your life. Nothing. You just got to be willing. That's all he wants is for us to be willing. Say yes. And when the opportunities arise, take it. Don't just say, oh, I'll do it later, you know, and cram something else in that time. Take it. Because if you say you're going to do it later, you won't. Believe me, I've been there. I've gone down that rabbit hole. I don't have time right now. I'll do it later. You know, I'll do it later after the kids are in bed, before I go to sleep, and then I pick my phone up to do it, and 10 seconds, I'm out. And then, you know, days go by, whatever. Do it. Do it when you have the time. Make that daily commitment and then see how much your relationship with the Father grows and how beautiful it becomes to the point where you're like, man, why did I ever miss a day before? Why did I ever not do this before? It's such an amazing time. Even if I'm just in my car driving and it's just me and the Father and I have on praise and worship music or I have a teaching on, it's, I've told the kids this in class before, it's like, what the sound in my ears go out to where I'm not hearing anything that's going on in the car and God is talking to me and that's all I'm hearing and it's he and I talking back and forth and it could be something that he wants me to teach the kids it could be something that's for me it could be for somebody I'm going to talk to later that day or the next day I don't know what it is but it's such a precious time and when you know that it's your daddy's voice and you're talking to him and all that back and forth everything else takes a back seat. Nothing else matters. It doesn't matter if you're late to somewhere. It doesn't matter if you've got a thousand things you got to do that day. That is what is most important. And let me tell you, if you do as a stay-at-home mom, if you do make that time for God, all the other stuff still gets done. It does, it's not like it doesn't get done. God knows what we need to do, and he thinks that that's important too because what's important to you is important to him. You know, and he's not going to let all your other responsibilities go by the wayside, but it's when we put him first in our life and we say, okay, Daddy, I'm going to do this with you because this is what is important for me and for my life and for our relationship. All that other stuff comes into alignment, and all that other stuff gets done, and it's like, was there 27 hours in this day today? How did I get all this stuff done? There's no way I would have been able to get all this stuff pre done previously but it does you know and and if you miss a day don't beat yourself up don't say well great I messed up I was doing so good for all this time now I skipped this day God's going to be mad at me he's going to be upset with me forget it rather than getting yelled at you know because we think that you know we're going to get yelled at like we did our parents forget it I'm just not going to do it and the next thing you know six months go by and you've walked away don't do that. Just pick up right where you left off. God's not mad at you. He's waiting for you. He wants to spend that time with you. He wants to spend time with you more than you want to spend time with him. So, and listen, when you're reading a book, you don't pick it up and read the first couple of chapters and then put it down and walk away and then come back and pick it up and read the last few chapters. No. If you did, you'd miss all the good stuff. You'd miss all the part that's in the middle, the, you know, the meat to the story. You know, what do you do? You pick it up, you read it one page at a time. 
and you're consistent until the book is done. However long that takes you, you're consistent and you start page by page. It's the same thing with God. One day at a time, every single day until the end. And that's the great thing about it. You know, because it's, it's always something new. You know, I've said to my kids, uh, there's been times throughout my walk with God to where I've read a scripture a couple of years go by. I read that same scripture and I'm like, is that brand new? Have I read that before? That did not say that last time I read that. You know, and it's because depending on where you're at with God and your walk, things start growing and things start maturing and you get deeper revelation and deeper revelation and things continually grow. It's never boring. You never get to the point where you're like, really, God? Are we going to read this scripture again? Although, I have had it to where God did tell me to read Colossians, and, and it's only four chapters, I think, is the whole book. You would think I'd know. Four chapters, and he said, that's what you need to read. And I'm like, okay. So I read it. Next day comes, read Colossians. And I'm like, I just read that yesterday. Read it again. Okay. So I read it. This went on for probably on and off because I'm stubborn. And I'm like, I've already read this for a month. I don't want to read this again. I'm reading something else. So I go and I do something else. And then he says, no, go back to that. So probably a year, maybe a year and a half-ish. And finally, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Every time I come to you, this is what you say. I'm going to do it. So I sat down, and I was diligent with it this time. And I read it. And when I read it from the place of, okay, clearly you're trying to tell me something. I'm not just reading a book. Clearly you want me, you're trying to convey something to me. And I sat down and I read it. I'm like, oh my God, this is everything about who we are. Wow. So I was created for you. All this is for you. Oh my God. It finally makes sense. Okay, now I get it. So then I'm like, this is incredible. I've got it. And then he says, go read Ephesians. And I'm like, oh, again. Are we doing this again? But this time I knew, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. But even still in that, every time I read Colossians, I got something else out of it, something that I didn't see before. It was new revelation. It never, even if I thought it got boring, it didn't, because every time I read it, stuff was like coming up inside of me, and you know, like it was brand new. You know, so if God's telling you to do it, do it. It's for your benefit. You know, don't wait. Start right now. Start tonight. When you get home, make that commitment to God. He will meet you there every single time. He will never leave you. I promise you. Um, it says in Malachi 3, and I know that that's for tithing, um, but it says test me in this. You know, and, and like I said, he's talking about tithing there, but you can apply that to other areas of your life. Because believe me, I've done it. I'm the kind of person to where I've been let down in my life. So I, not even realizing it, I test people that are close to me. And I test them to see, okay, well, you said you're going to do X. Are you going to do it? If you didn't, I knew you weren't going to do it. I knew I couldn't trust you. So I did. I tested God many times. I still do test him sometimes, even though I should know that he's going to always be there. I still do test him. But he did. And every single time I tested him, he did it. He was there for me without a shadow of a doubt. He is the one person that you can always count on above all else, no matter what. So start tonight. Don't wait. Make that commitment to God for yourself. It's for your benefit. And see how much your life changes. If it's already good, it's going to get even better. You know, don't... 
Don't miss your opportunity or make the excuse that I did when you feel that stirring inside of you. Don't be scared. If God's calling you to it, it's because he's prepared you for it and he's preparing you for it. And he's going to walk you through it. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to be there with you every single step of the way. You just have to get out of your own way. You have to get out of your own head and you got to do it because we're the ones who stop ourselves. God tells us to do, well, me specifically, I'll speak about myself. God tells me to do things, and then I tell him all the ways of why I shouldn't do it and why he shouldn't tell me to do it as if I'm a surprise to him, as if he doesn't know what he's getting. You know, like, hello, he's with me, he's in me, he sees what I see, you know, but I'm still I'm like, God, you didn't see that. Like, do you know what you're telling me to do here? But he does, and he knows that you can do it. You just have to get out of your own way. So I'll leave you with this. What is God telling you to do? What has he told you that it's time for? Do it.